I have been asked to preach this morning on the subject of physical wellness. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the see-through lectern. It's not quite as see-through as that one, but uh, this, is, this is not the first time I've preached on this subject, although the last time was specifically about weight and fitness, but it is still, it's a very rare subject for a Sunday morning. There are two reasons I've not spoken much about fitness in 25 years. One is that no church speech speaks much about physical fitness, physical wellness, and never has done. And the other is, it's a bit difficult to hide more than 15 stone of pure Adonis behind a see-through lectern. If anyone's hypocrite detector is going off this morning, please be assured I've looked in the mirror often over my lifetime and wept a silent weep. I am a six man. That doesn't mean I've got a six-pack or that I score six out of ten on the hotometer. It means when the time comes to carry me up the crematorium aisle in a box, they will send six staff to do the job instead of four. But when Pastor Phil asked me to preach, I say yes. It is an honor and a privilege to speak on any subject. And anyway... David Attenborough is not a gazelle or a lion. But when he's talking about the African savannas, we take on board what he is saying because we trust his observations of those animals. Think of me today as David Attenborough's slightly chubby younger brother who has spent many years hiding in the corners of rooms, at the back of crowds, on the settee, in front of the TV, TV observing people who actually live a life of physical wellness. This is a documentary today. But the, uh, Dave Smith, the, the writer of the book that we are working through in the run-up to Easter, he quite rightly includes physical wellness as one of the areas of, of, of our life that affect our overall well-being. He's not, to, he's not the first to do this, but it, it's not common. Look at most Christian output from the last 2,000 years. And what we see is that in, Christians are encouraged to read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day, read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. Couldn't remember, they're suddenly blank. Got a problem? Pray about it. Can't find the energy to tie your shoelaces? Pray to be filled with Holy Spirit power. Putting on weight? Rebuke that demon in the name of Jesus. 
whatever the problem is, the answer is seen as spiritual. Romans chapter 8, to many minds, the very center of the message of the Bible, includes verses such as verses 9 to 11. It says, you, however, and this is, this is speaking to Christians. Paul is speaking to Christians. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature. That's, that's the flesh, the sarks in, uh, in, in Greek. Somebody was preaching on the socks recently. Was that you, Isaac? It, uh, it was, if it, no, he's looking blank. Must have been Jamie. Somebody was preaching recently on, on, on the flesh, on the socks. You are controlled not by the flesh, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if, you're, if, if Christ is in your body, sorry, if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. For centuries, we've followed a theology that says physical equals flesh equals body equals sinful nature equals sin equals bad equals little red demon sitting on this shoulder up here whispering temptations in your ear while spiritual equals holy equals holy spirit equals prayer equals holiness equals righteousness godliness pleasing god good little white angel sitting on this shoulder whispering Holy Spirit messages in tongues into this ear. And the flesh and the Spirit have been seen as two distinct sides in a war for our souls. And the physical body is on the bad side. But if we carry on one more verse in in Romans 8 to verse 11... We read, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. This is telling us that if we are filled with the spirit, God is involved in our bodies. He gives life to our mortal bodies. It's not helpful to see our physical bodies as on the side of evil. It might be more helpful to see our bodies more like one of the battlefields, along with the mind and and the emotions on which the struggle between good and evil is fought. These are not spare tires. These are the trenches. this This is the battlefield. And for centuries, Christians have been ignoring their bodies wishing they didn't exist because they get in the way of the Spirit, don't they? Christians have been wary of anything that seems to be too focused on the body. Every passion, be it for for sex or exercise or food or sleep, has been seen as unhelpful. The body has been treated as a thing to be kept on a tight rein. 
Feed it just enough plain food. Earn your reluctant sleep by doing many worthy things, but make sure you're up for the prayer meeting in the morning. Quarter to six. Whose idea was that? Have sex when it's time for children, but other than that, put it away. Dancing, singing, if you must, but only in church and only worshipping Jesus. And if there is even a hint of sweat, stop. But God said, I knit you together in your mother's womb. Our bodies are God's creation. When we start to live, we start to live in our bodies. This magnificent specimen started as, as, an, as an egg and a sperm inside Valerie Cadge, as she was then, one day in 1965. At the moment of conception, I came into being. My life and my body are inextricably linked. And they will be until the day my colleagues come with the black van and the stretcher and take me off to the cold room. And on that day, I will no longer be in that body. I will be in heaven pain-free and able to touch my toes again. And for now, while I'm alive on earth, my spirit and my body have to work together. It's not always an easy alliance, but it is one I can improve by looking at physical well-being and getting that stuff right which I'm obviously not. Our book focuses on three areas that influence our physical well-being. There are more. We'll go into that in a bit. But the three major areas, we'll call them the three superpowers. They are food, exercise, and sleep. Sleep has only recently been accepted into this physical superpower club, but we're glad it's finally made it. This is not rocket science. I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know. It is a little bit maths, though. Here's the target. We want to be as healthy as we can be for as long as we can be. I mean, if that's not your target, you know, if you are uh, got some kind of martyr mentality that says, I just want to be in heaven, then, you know, I've got some cafes I can uh, point you towards. But let's assume, let's assume that we want to be as healthy as we can be for as long as we can be. We all start with the bodies we're born with, DNA. Our parents care, the resources available. They land us at a point where we first become aware of our bodies and our own health. And there is a brutal kind of reality that says we can only start with, with what we have. I'll leave Pastor Phil to uh, speak on the ethics of why some people start with a different hand than others. 
but uh, I'll move on to the easier bits. I've got two arms, I've got two legs, I've got all the vital organs in the right places. As far as I know, when I started, they all worked fine. So many people don't have that kind of start. But we can only start with what we have. And we can only make of it what we can make of it. The target is to make the best of it for as long as possible. So our bodies need food for energy. We need fuel. That's what, uh, that's what food is. Our bodies need exercise to convert that energy into health. Or it's, it's just going to sit around our bellies like this. Our bodies need sleep because that's when the repairs and the housekeeping are done. And the maths comes in the form of an equation. Keep the three elements in balance and we will be physically well or as well as we can be. Get them out of balance and our health will suffer. The equation needs to take into account all three elements. We can't ignore one of the numbers. If all we do is eat and sleep, we will end up as a sloth. If all we do is exercise and eat, we'll end up like a meerkat, won't we? We'll end up with a Always, always wide, always, always up. If all we do is exercise and sleep, we'll end up as a skeleton. We can't ignore any of, any of the elements. Let's start with food. That's always a good place to start. How much do we eat? What do we eat? When do we eat it? Who's doing the washing? No. When can we get, where can we get help? How much do we eat? And here is where we hit, we first hit the magic, genius, unhelpful answer, which is going to plague us for the rest of the message. The answer to the question, how much should I eat, is the right amount for my body. I can't put a number on it. I can't, I can't tell you a portion size. I can't tell you exactly what it is you should be eating because my body is different from yours. Your age, your sex, your height, your weight, your metabolism, your family genetics, your medical history, your lifestyle are all going to make a difference to how much you should eat. This is... This is not simple, unfortunately. This is, uh, you know, there are three superpowers, but each of them has a, has a little equation of its own, and it's unique to you. The only way we're going to find out how much you should eat is for you to work that out. I can't tell you that. I mean, there are some experts, there's nutritionists, and there's, there's medical people that can help you with that. But I can't help you with that because all I know about is me. The only way we're going to be able to find the answer to the question is by trial and error and by honestly keeping a track of what's going in our mouths. 
This is, <laughs> this is, this is where honesty uh, comes into play. Can I be brutally honest this morning? I work with the deceased every day. By the time I meet most people I have contact with, the question we're looking for has already failed. There are a small proportion of people who die in accidents or at the hands of others or through illnesses that have nothing to do with, with what we're talking about this morning. They're, you know. But for the vast majority of people, when they die, they die because this equation has come to its end. What happens when I eat this much, exercise this much, sleep this much for this long? That's, that's the equation. And the brutal truth is that on average... The younger they are, the bigger they are. That, that is, that's the brutal truth. When I see on my sheet that the funeral of the day is for a 45-year-old, I'm thinking they're going to be big. Or a 35-year-old, they're going to be big. And that, that is the reality. The, the single biggest correlation that I see from the final product is the correlation between age and size. And seeing mums and dads struggling to get their children, maybe in their 30s and 40s and 50s, below the 30s, this, this falls apart a bit, but in their 30s and 40s and 50s, struggling to get them onto the catafalque is heartbreaking. And then you watch grandchildren and sometimes great-grandchildren walking down the, the, the aisle of the crematorium with, with, with great nanny, a hundred years old, and they're like this because she's light as a feather. And they're talking about how she's had a good innings and, 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 and everybody's celebrating the fact that she lived to the ripe old age she did. The mood is so different. This well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you hear. makes a difference, this stuff. makes a difference of decades at times. What types of food should we eat? Our verse says, if you like honey, don't eat too much of it or it'll make you sick. Oh, there's some honey. In other words, all things in moderation. It's not a sexy philosophy. It's not the Atkins diet or the F-Plan diet or, uh, or, or, or any of the other... You, know, you, you can't write a book about this and sell it because nobody would want to buy it. All things in moderation. We know this, don't we? We know the basics. Fruit, veg, lean meat, some fiber, some carbs, some protein, a little bit of what you fancy, and it's all good. For most people... It's the biscuits, the cake, the crisps, the settee snacks. You know, calories do still count if you're sitting on the settee. It's the chocolate and the extra slice of whatever. That's what does the damage. It's the Big Mac when the Little Mac would have, 
would have been enough. That's what does the damage. And every time I go to McDonald's, Big Mac, large fries, apple pie, Diet Coke. <laughs> like that makes a difference. But I'm not alone, am I? No. It's not rocket science. There's loads of places to go for advice and help if any of this is pushing you towards making uh, some changes. First piece of advice I do feel qualified to give is to track what you're actually eating for a while. Use an app, use a pen and paper, doesn't matter. List it down, look at it honestly, and you'll soon see where the extra calories are coming from. The second piece of advice is to make yourself accountable to someone for whatever changes you're making. Allow someone to challenge you regularly on your changes. Don't call it a diet, because you know a diet is a short-term thing, isn't it? It's 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 a new regime. That's what it is. It's a, it's a new life. It's a it's a new start. Okay, let's move on to exercise. Bible doesn't say a lot about exercise in terms of <laughs> jogging and press-ups and Zumba. The word Zumba does not appear in the Bible. The truth is for, that for almost everybody in, in the days of the Bible, each day was active from beginning to end. There is no place for couch potatoes when everybody has to grow their own potatoes or die. There is no place for, for keyboard blobs when to talk to somebody, you had to walk to their house and hope they were in. Otherwise, you had to find where they were. And, and everything happened at, at, at human pace with manpower or woman power. And everything had to be done manually. No washing machines. I mean, this is, this is not actually that long ago. This is my grandparents' generation. You know, no washing machines. No cars, no automatic anything. Everything was done by hand. The closest the Bible comes to talking about this is to have a go at lazy people. Proverbs 6 calls on the sluggard. What a word. What a great word. Let's, uh, let's make that word of the week. You've got to get sluggard into a conversation somewhere this week. It calls on the sluggard to consider the ant. The ant is an industrious little fellow who, along with many of his, uh, his chums, busies himself all day. You never see a fat ant, do you? Have you ever seen a fat ant? And the sluggard is called to look at the ant, see, see, how he's, see, see what he's doing. But today, we've all got labor-saving devices, which means that for many of us, there's no need to exercise unless we decide to. And if we don't exercise, all that food we're eating doesn't get converted into healthy, active energy. It gets saved for later. This is an investment. I, that, I mean, that's the only way I can justify it. It's the only way. Come the nuclear wasteland, I will survive longer than, I was going to say any of you, but most of you, I'm going to survive longer than most of you 
because of my ample reserves. Of course, it doesn't work that way because the very inactivity that's given me the ample reserves also leads to medical problems that mean that my body is likely to take one look at a nuclear wasteland and have a heart attack. Inactive is the same as unready. How much exercise do we need? Same answer as for food. Whatever's right for you, taking into account age, sex, weight, etc., etc., etc. Start with a little bit more than at the moment and keep applying the principle until it makes a difference. And if you, if you are going to make some changes, you know, try not to make them too, too drastic... Talk to the doctor before you do anything truly daft. By daft, I mean helpful. <laughs> Our writer talks about playing tricks on ourselves to encourage more exercise. Instead of seeing an hour of cleaning the house as a chore, see it as a workout. Embrace it. You don't have to wear leg warmers, but you can if you want. Do the shake and vac with the energy of the woman on the adverts. She was fit, wasn't she? Park on the far side of the car park and walk across to the shops. Better still, leave the car at home and walk to the shops from home. Use any excuse to be active in whatever way because our bodies don't know the difference between a workout with Joe Wicks and a workout with Henry Hoover. Our bodies just want to move. Same thought applies as with food. Track it, make yourself accountable. The last of the three main areas for our writer, we turn to sleep. It's only recently that the immense value of sleep has come to be understood. We've tended to see sleep as the natural state of the lazy. It's unproductive time. Later in Proverbs 6, the writer is haranguing the sluggard again. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like, a, like an armed man. And it's true that the person who sleeps through the harvest is going to go hungry. But it's not true that sleep in itself is about being lazy or unproductive. Sleep is downtime for the soul. It's when, it's when the filing happens. It's when, it's when your emotions are put back in place. It's when things are put into context. It's when, it's when the, the muscle tears and the nerve fraying. It's when all, all, the, all the little, I don't know what they are, I'm not medical, but they, they do their thing. So the little repairers go out. Sleep is necessary rest. God designed us to sleep. If we weren't supposed to sleep, we wouldn't sleep. But he designed us to sleep. We're not made to be awake and alert for long periods of time. We're also not made for shift work or jet lag or essay all-nighters. Any students in the house? Or any other disruptions we like to test ourselves with. How long should we sleep? 
the same answer as before. Whatever your body needs. It's going to be different from person to person, and for each individual it's going to vary over lifetime. My heart goes out to all the parents and the carers out there who don't get a choice of how long they sleep. All of the people who are, who are in pain and suffering with long-term medical conditions that mean, mean you can't sleep. My heart goes out to you. That, that, it's, it's getting in the way of, of your healing. My heart also goes out to those who live in, in busy places, in student rooms, in multi-occupancy housing, in, in flats above fast food places. Do what you can do. These three elements then, food, exercise, and sleep, all play a part in our physical wellness. The holy grail is to get the three in balance. The title of this message is, Please, Sir, Can I Have Some More? We tend to think of that in terms of food, don't we? There's, uh, there's little Oliver Twist with his, with his bowl out like that. Please, sir, can I have some more? These days, it's more likely to be us asking for more exercise or more sleep. Calories don't tend to be too difficult to come by now here. But exercise and the Zs, they're a different matter. And the aim is to keep the three in balance. It's never all about food. It's never all about exercise. It's never all about sleep. The three need to work together. I hinted earlier that there are more than three elements that make up our physical wellness, and that's true. Our bodies and our physical wellness are influenced by, by, by health conditions, by environment, by our employment, by our sex lives, about, by access to health care, by location, by, by local culture. If the papers are to be believed, people in the south live longer than, than people in the north. I gave up 15 minutes of my life to move to Birmingham because it's, it's at least <laughs> two degrees north than Chelmsford. Rich people live longer than poor people. Some ethnicities have greater or lesser likelihood of certain health conditions. These all affect our, our physical wellness. But the main three are the main three. The superpowers are the superpowers. And the target of physical well-being is to stay as healthy as we can for as long as we can. Honest truth time again. None of us are going to make it out of this life alive. We'll all end up in the box one day. And the question is not whether we will die, it's how we will live. Physical wellness feeds energy into our day. The fit person has the energy to look after themselves, to look after others, to build a life, to pursue their dreams, to, to rough and tumble with their grandchildren, to walk in the country, to dance the night away. The unfit person is a spectator for those things. 
or is at most an increasingly rationed participant. Let's put the Christian hat on at this point as well. The fit person can stand to worship God. The fit person can dance in the aisles and can sprint quickest to the tea at the end of the service. The fit person can help others, can shift the chairs, can set up some tables, can, can wield a big spoon and an even bigger pot of stew. The fit person has the energy for the young people in the church, for the dysfunctional people, for the lifts and the house moves and the outreach efforts. There is God work to be done. And those that are going to be blessed most by doing it are going to be those that have the energy to do it. That's the end of my hypocritical thoughts for the day. It may be that you are prompted to make changes. It may be that, that something of, uh, that I've said has, has made you think, okay, I'm not going to change everything all at once but there is, there is one step I'm going to take. There's, there's one change I'm going to make. And I would encourage you, if you're going to make changes, make them one at a time. One step at a time, all in the same direction, and you'll get to your destination. Find somebody to talk to. Find somebody to be accountable to. Find a way of, of tracking it, logging it, and soon you will see benefits. I'm making no promises about me because I've been there so many times before. But I have faith you can change something. <laughs> let's, pray, let's pray together, shall we? Father, we thank you for our bodies. I'm sure many of us would think, I wish I'd been given a different one. I wish, I wish something about me was different. But Lord, you gave us this, these bodies and we are thankful for them. They allow us to be part of this world. They allow us to, to be part of your creation and part of your family. They allow us to, to have a, a future and Lord, we pray that you will help us to, to steward the resource you have given us well. Lord, to, to make the most of what we have. Thank you, Lord. Amen.